All right, 366, everyone, 366. Near the cross, near the cross, 366.
Can one turn over to page 306, please? Uh, appreciate everybody being here tonight. And uh, good to see Donna got back all right. But uh, appreciate everybody. 306. My Jesus, I love thee. Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine, for thee all the follies of sin I resign, my gracious Redeemer, Savior art thou, if ever love thee, Jesus, tis now, I love thee because thou first loved me, and purchased my pardon, Calvary's train. I love thee for wearing thorns on thy brow, if ever love Jesus is now. I'll love thee in life, love thee in death, and praise thee as long as let death be crap, and save with the death to hold on my brow. If ever I Got the center one turned off. Black one. Okay, we'll try that. Yeah. 
do the best we can. There's a ring blue box as well. He's on all of them now. I don't know. It's weird. Let's sing this in a whisper, brother. Let's sing in a whisper. Yeah. Singing 10 or 12 miles long. We'll try that. Jesus has the table spread the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. With this manna he doth feed. It supplies for every need. All too sweet to talk with Jesus all the time. Come and dine, the master called. Come and dine. You may feed. Yeah, we were. That was the skunk. I have a witness to that, and that was Brother W.A. It was under Sister Pam's car while it was running, talking to Brother W.A. When she pulled out, that skunk scurried uh, into the ditch, and I think he went into the drain pipe, but, man, that was cl too close for comfort. Y'all say amen. Yeah. If you have your Bibles this evening, turn over to the oldest book in the New Testament is where we're going to be. The oldest book in the New Testament. And if you said Revelation, you're wrong. So what would be the oldest book in the New Testament? We know that Job is the oldest one in the, New, in the Old Testament. The book of James is the oldest book in the New Testament. When you get there, say amen. Amen. It sounds like about everybody. In the book of James, he starts off here and it says, and I'm just a little bit loud on the, on the earpiece. Thank you. And it says, James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are which are scattered abroad. And notice how he says this. He doesn't say greetings. He says greeting. Very interesting there, but that's not what our subject is. Verse number two says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying 
of your faith worketh patience. Father, we ask you now to lead God and direct us, Lord. Father, we just want you to, to know that we love you. And Lord, we thank you for everything that you do, everything that you've already done. And Lord, we thank you for the things that's promised to us that you're going to do. And Lord, I don't know the day or the hour, but I know that the day and the hour is coming quickly, that you're coming back to get us. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to be prepared. Be with those ones that are nearest hell and save them. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. In verse number 2, it's written here, and James tells us here, he says, My brethren, count it all joy. Of course, we all know the definition of all is all. When you fall into diverse temptations, those diverse temptations are things that come about in our life each and every day. Nobody is exempt Everybody has diverse temptations. Everybody is going to continue to have diverse temptations. And let me assure you this, you will if you haven't had any, you will have some coming and they come quick. Joy. The passion or emotion by the acquisition or expectation of good, that excitement of pleasurable feelings, which is caused by success, good fortune, the gratification of desire, or some good possessed, or by a rational prospect of possessing what we love or desire, gladness, exaltation, exhilaration of spirits is the definition. Joy. 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 If I had to put a topic, which I don't really have one, it would be, are you counting it all joy? Are you counting it all joy? No. No. And the reason I say that is because of the fact that we, we aches and pains, I got them. Amen. High inflation is of having its direct effect. Amen? All of us, and we can, I could go on. Amen? Insurance rates, all these different things going. Look, it don't stop. But the thing is, though, the Bible tells us, and James is saying, that all these things that I mentioned and more are diverse temptations, and we're not counting them all for joy. Now we could read on and tell there what patience, about having patience and all this stuff right here. I was told by an old preacher a long time ago, don't pray for patience because if you do, you'll be tried like Job. That's what he said. I don't, I let me remove this from my, uh, my prayer list. Amen? But see, the, but, but church, do we count it all joy? No. No, we don't count it all joy. And Sister Betty, you gave me that tablet, and I'm so thankful because I got this going down 4085, and I had to pull over and put the emergency lights on. And this highway patrolman pulled up behind me, and he said, uh, he said, you okay? I said, yeah. I said, I looked down, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to call his name but I'm, we've met before, and it was at a, a, a dealership there in Burlington. He's a really super nice guy. I told him, I said, yeah, and he's a Christian. I told him, I said, yeah, I was riding down. I said, just got on back there at, at uh, 145. I said, I'm heading to Durham. And he said, okay. And I said, Lord, give me something here. And I said, I had to pull over and write it down. He said, well, go ahead, preacher man, and write it. He said, just be careful when you merge back in traffic. I said, he said, I got to go on and roll. I said, okay. I said, no problem. And so went on down the road there and everything. I wrote that down, got my, my points. But the thing is, what I was thinking there, he pulled up behind me. We had that conversation on the side of 4085, 
And I'm thinking to myself there, he's in a, he, he's in a position where he's on the, out there in the traffic, calling, um, uh, doing, uh, pulling these cars and all this stuff here. And here's things doing it right by himself. And he has a smile on his face. He was happy. Amen. He was glad that, you know, that there weren't nothing wrong with me. And he just was, he found it kind of humorous that I was, you know, writing down sermon points. But see, when, you know, you got to do it when you got to do it. I don't have, you know, I can't write them and drive. So they say that's illegal. So, you know, but I, I you know, so the thing is, church, we have too many things that are getting in our way that is keeping us from having it all counted for joy. Too many things are rising up and it's keeping us from having it and counting it joy. So think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. As I'm getting ready to move on here in just a minute. If we don't have, if we don't have joy in our heart, now, now if we don't have it, I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna question your salvation. Cause that's one of the things that we get when we get saved by the grace of God. Look here, I don't care nothing about how happy you are. I want to see joy because there's a fur cry difference between being happy and having joy. There, I mean, like I said, you can look up the definition of happy ain't nowhere near as long as the definition of joy because it's two entirely different things. We, we obtain joy. You make happy. We obtain joy. So see, we have to have joy. So think about this. Number one, I don't want you to raise your hands. I don't want you to make any facial expressions. I don't want to, because I see the eyes. You, everything you see is, the, is, you see mine. You see the back of the heads. Do you have and do you find joy in your church? Now think about that for a second before, while you've got it going through your brain and you're rattling around and stuff like that. Do you find joy in your church? The church house is the first place. It tells us in the book of Hebrews in chapter 10 and verse number 25, and he said, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as a matter of some is, and so much the more as you see today, uh, um, see today approaching. Now, I'll paraphrase it, but see, the thing of it is this. We are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together in the house of God. So when we assemble together, are we finding joy? Or do we walk around like a sourpuss all the time? Ready to bite a piece of steel and spit out thumbtacks like a machine gun. See what I mean? Alright. Let's take it and put the church and let's dial it in a little bit closer. Do we find joy serving in the church? The only thing that I lack is Brother Doug never got to hear me play. He knew that I was taking lessons. And he never told, he never told, I asked him, I said, don't say nothing. And he told me, he said, man, I'm, he said, I'm excited. He said, yeah. And I come in. And he was in the church and set the alarm off the day before he died, and he put he put the strap. That's he gave me the strap. And I I always I always will just remember he never got to hear me play. Well, he hey, he he's hearing me, but I counted joy because every time I put that bass guitar on my shoulders, I think about Brother Doug with that strap singing in the choir. Do you count it joy? Or is it a grudge? See, when we get up there in the choir, we don't need to have all the world's problems on our face. Even though there's all the world's problems that we're thinking about. We need to let our face be happy because why? We're serving the King. We're singing about Jesus. Amen? So see, when we do these things, we need to find joy. And I'll go ahead and say it. 
and, I, and I'm going to be clear on it, and I'm going to make sure that everybody understands, if you don't have joy in your heart, don't partake of the instruments in the choir and singing. Or don't, don't sing specials. Because why? You're not doing it with the right heart. we got to do it. And like James says, James says no matter what comes up, no matter what comes our way, we're to find joy. We're to find joy. Some way, some way, we got to find joy. Why? Why? It's vital because why? People are watching. The first thing they say, well, what's wrong with, what's wrong with Sister Donna? She didn't smile. She ain't been here. I hugged her neck when she got back. I said, I just wanted to see your smiling face sitting over there. I'm up here preaching this as hard as I can preach, and she's sitting over there grinning. I'm thinking to myself. But see, finding joy. Finding joy. Do you find joy? This turning in a little bit more, turning in a little tighter. Do you find joy in knowing that there ain't any kids here at the church? It bothers me day in, day out. I'm thinking all the time, out of the box, I'm calling other preachers and talking to them about what are they doing, how, what can I do? And it's always the same thing. Say, preacher, when you figure it out, let me know. Amen? And I'm talking now, I ain't, I'm not, I, I'm these, preachers, these preachers I'm talking to, one of them had 3,800 in church last Sunday. I called him and I told him, I said, well, you know, hey, what are you doing? He said, well, you got to consider I run buses from Winston-Salem all the way to the other side of Mebane. From Winston-Salem. They run, they run nine buses to the Mount Airy area now. One bus goes to Lexington which is straight up 52. But see, the thing of it is this, though. He told me, he says, look, the age group you're trying to go after is the hardest ones to get. He said, I had 3,800. You want to know the average age? And I said, yeah, if you don't mind, tell me. He says, 55. What does that tell you? When you do that, out of 3,800 people last Sunday, church, and he averaged out the age to be, he said his guesstimate would be somewhere around 55 years old. See? But you know what? I find it joy serving Jesus. Why? Because of the fact, hey, he's got me here for a reason. Amen? It's not a job. It's a calling. Think about this next one. We'll move on. Do you find joy in the things of the world? All right. Let's turn this thing down. Dial it in a little closer. Which is worldliness. Clothes by designer names. I will tell you this. Yeah, I do like my hey-do shoes. And they do help my plantar fasciitis. I do not care Yes, they work. I have tried the ones that are the fakes, and they hurt my foot. But there's something about these. So you say, why do I wear them most time on Wednesday night? Because my foot hurts. Amen. If you're looking at what I got on my feet, bless God, you're looking in your, with, it, with, the, uh, with, with the wrong heart anyway. If I come in barefooted, it shouldn't make a difference what I, on that. But do we find joy in the things of the world? Lavish cars, all these things like that, right there. Now, now look. Let me just say this: if you got a, if you got a, a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, more power to you. You got fourteen houses, and I mean, all of them are on big estates. I mean, my, hey, look, my thing is more power to you. Is that what you're focused on? Because if your heart is there, everything else is there. Your joy is gone to something else by the way of the world. 
Amen. See, that's what I'm talking about. So see, worldliness, we don't need to get caught up in that. There's no joy in it, first of all. And, and also, the Bible speaks to, in many places against worldliness. It speaks that we shouldn't be caught up in that stuff. And see, and, and so we should be like James. Like I said, we should be content with what you have. Look, you may think that you're supposed to have a million dollars in the bank account. And it never, are you going to let that just eat you alive because you ain't got it? Everybody can't be like Brother Dabs. He's over there going, oh, God, now they know my secret. <laughs> no, but seriously, all joking aside, though, seriously, think about this. If our focus is on the things of the world and not on God, our focus is wrong. We have no joy. We Our joy comes from one source, and that's Jesus. And so we should be focused on him on everything that we do and everything that we say, every reaction, Everything that we do, it should be Christ-like. Why? Because you're saved by the grace of God. That makes you a Christian. The definition of Christian is Christ-like. That's Bible. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. But see, it tells us that but see, the thing of it is, if we're, if we're hung up in worldliness, we've missed the boat on joy. The songwriter even wrote the song, there's joy in serving Jesus. Joy where? Joy that's deep within my heart. This next one, ask this question. Do you find joy in the Scriptures? Well, now he's getting in my personal time there. I don't like him talking about uh, my study time. Well, if your study time is during Sunday school and preaching, preaching Sunday afternoon and Wednesday night, let me just say this right here. You don't have a study time. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. You don't have a study time. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I had prayer time a lot this week because I've been on 4085 just about every day. And if you don't believe you know, it ain't by prayer and supplication, get on that road. Woo! But see, the thing of it is, do we find joy when we read the Bible, when we study the Bible, when we meditate on the Bible? Do we find do we find joy in the Scriptures? The only way God's going to speak to you, He ain't going to speak to you in an audible voice. He's going to speak to you through the Word of God. When you get your Bible, and let's say, let me just say this right here. You have, you're doing your study time do you pray before you read? Or do you just open and go to the Scriptures and start reading? You might be in Hebrews, and he might want you, might want you to be over in, in, in Job. See? That's the thing. you got to ask God. You know, before you open the sacred Scriptures, you just look at him and say, you ask God, God, where do you want me to start my study at today? And talk to him. But see, a lot of times we don't even do that. Our prayer time is when the preacher calls on me to pray. Well, if that's the case, then I'm telling you something, you're missing the boat there too. Amen? So do you find do you find joy in the Scriptures? Oh, well, you don't understand. You're just old, that diehard, and you're 100% nothing but King James. You're right. You're right. And it's too hard. It's just too hard to read and understand. No, it's not. It's written on the fourth grade or third. Some people say fourth. Some people say third. My What I've learned and everything is on a third grade reading level. If you want me to get you some hard stuff to read, let me get you one of the other perversions and give you that, and you can read that. There's some words in there that I can't even pronounce. But see, the thing of it is this, is this church, and that's in the New King James. I can't pronounce some of them big words that they got in there. I don't even know where they come from. But see, the thing of it is this. Do we find joy in the Scriptures? Do we know what the Bible says? Do we, do we know what it says when we hear something? 
That's like when we were sitting there, we watched the sermon just the other, uh, me and Cheryl watched uh, the other, matter of fact, I believe it was Sunday. We watched this big church in Texas, and they had Guy Penrod come out and sing two songs. They paid him to come to that church and sing two songs. Of course, it was a liberal Southern Baptist church, and they were up there with all their pants and everything, and in the choir, the women, all this right here and everything. It was completely against you know what we believe. But see, the thing of it is, though, I watched it because I wanted to see what you know to see what they were doing, and it was not a church service; it was a presentation. They were excited because they had gone over one point one million. And people watching them on TV, live. That's what they were excited about. If we're getting excited about the number of people that are watching on TV, something we've missed the boat. Amen? And see, the thing of it is this church, you know, it, where do we find our joy? Which leads into the next one. Do you find joy in your salvation? Do you relish in the day that you got saved? Or has it just became a day that you went through the motions and, you know, well, you know, I got saved back in the day. Well, now, I, that was 25 years ago, and I just, uh, I'll just do whatever. Well, let me just say this right here. Do you relish in the day that you got saved? You should still find joy in the day that you got saved. You should still find joy about salvation. You should still find joy about the everything about that wonderful, glorious day when God came down from heaven and saved your wretched soul from hell. And when we have the birthday, and you know, did anybody, was anybody saved to get for the spiritual birthdays? You should remember that day that you got saved. It should be just like your actual uh, physical birthday. Remembering that day that you got saved and making it important. No, we don't get a piece of birthday cake on that day. But the thing of it is this though, you could, if you wanted to, you could celebrate it that same way. Then you get these bunch. I'm not even going to get in that. I'm not even going to go there with that bunch of idiots from over there in Martinsville. But the thing of it is this, though, church: do 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 are, are are we finding are we finding that type of joy in salvation, or is it just like I said, is it just humdrum? How about this next one? Do you find joy in making other people miserable? There are people that go out of their way to make your life miserable. And get righteously indignant if it does not go their way. And will tell you that in a stern voice that it's my way or no way. You're finding joy in making other people miserable. See, in those divers' temptations, you're making the other people miserable. Let me just say this, church. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. God saved us from a place called hell. He made us a new creature. Second Corinthians five seventeen tells us that we're a, we're something that's brand spanking new. We're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things. Definition of all is all. All things are become new. But see, if we have got our 
number four chain and our five a number uh, number fifty anchor that goes on these big ocean going ships, and we got that anchor set, and we are stuck right where we are, and we will not be moved. Then I'll tell you something. There's something gone wrong with your salvation. There's something gone wrong. If that's all that you live for and strive for is to make other people miserable, something's wrong with that. Because when God saved me, I knew where I was bound for. And when God saved me, let me tell you something. The first thing he took was alcohol. Then he started working on my mouth. He's still working on my temper all these years later. But I can honestly say that that it, it is nowhere. And she'll tell you, it ain't nowhere what it was. It's still there. And it can come up. But it ain't nowhere like it used to be. But see, the thing is, this church, we got, we got to, we got, we got to find joy in this. We got to find some way. James is telling us, some way, count it all joy. Find a way to find some joy in it. But I tell you, if not, you're going to remain miserable. You're going to be stuck in miserable-ism. Let's come up with a new word. Because think about this. If you're stuck in it, you're stuck in miserable and trying to make other people miserable, the only thing you're doing is dragging yourself down to a level that you don't want to be at. Rise up, church. Rise up. Look, when people come into the church, do you want them to see you're miserable? And they say, well, what do I want to be here for? I can be miserable out there in the world, drinking beer and all this other stuff. Yeah, you're right. I was in a church one Sunday morning back home, back home and uh, two men got into a literal this fight. Brother Jeff, I'm talking about slinging cuss words, all this mess right there. And the, the and one of them was the guy that ran the sound booth, and the other one was a guy that, I'll just be honest with you, he was lost as a bed bug. Anyway, they're in the fellowship hall, and I'm going to tell you something, the smaller one and the other one was a four, uh, big old guy. Anyway, he when the little one connected... You heard, you heard it pop. And, of course, everybody scrambled in there to get them separated. And there was one old boy that was a first-time visitor. I had been talking with him and everything, and he come over there, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Ray, I'll see you. I said, well, church hadn't started yet. He, this has happened between Sunday school and everything. He says, I'm gone. And I said, uh, I said, man, don't don't go. I said, he said, nah. He says, this ain't this ain't for me. He says, uh, look, I drink beer and I carry on and everything. He said, I can do that with hanging out with my friends. He said, I come to church because I wanted to, you know, I need I need to, something different in my life. And he left. And I walked over there to that one and I, that old big boy that started it all. And I told him, I said, you're just an absolute worthless, blooming idiot. And then he wanted to get mad at me. And I told him, I said, you don't want to do that. I had my coat on. That was, and I, he went outside and he was waiting on me after church. I walked right by him and I told him, he said, you ain't going to speak to me. And I said, best thing for you to do, I'm telling you. Get in your car and go home. If not, they'll put you in a body bag. He looked at me and he said, come on, come on. And I got in the car and I said, sure, let's go get something to eat. We left. Idiots out there. Miserable. And you know what? He went to jail not too long after that. He went to jail. See, church, it don't need to be. We need to be 
And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6.17 that we're, separate, we're to be separated. Why aren't we separated? And why, why aren't we being separated? I shouldn't have to send out a text telling you, okay, it's a church service, make sure that you're dressed right. And that was by, look, on July 4th when I sent that out for the day before, that was, not, I, that was at somebody else's request that I did that. I shouldn't have to do that. The pictures of old, nobody told you to do that. But see, the thing of it is this, it's a heart condition. And it all goes back to this, miserable and last. This is next one. This next one's really a soul searcher. And, and rightly so. Do you find joy in you? I didn't say, I didn't say, are you happy? I didn't say that. Do you find joy in you? All right, let's change the terminology and make it more understandable. Do you find joy in yourself? Because if you don't have joy in you, and finding joy with yourself, you're never going to find joy with the Lord. That James is telling us here. He listen to what he says here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Then he says, my brethren, he's saying, my brothers, my brothers and sisters. That's what he's saying. Count it all joy when you fall in divers temptations. Knowing this, he says, look, when you find joy, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You're not going to be flying off the handle because why? It works patience. You're not going to be doing all the things. It's because why? It works patience. See, it works in you. The joy, when you count it all joy, it works out patience. And I'm afraid that's what we missed. And the reason we missed it is because of the fact that we've got all the things going on in our, our world. Think about it. We're, we're, in, we're, in a, we're in the biggest mess as a country that we've ever been in. And I can safely say in this room and on Facebook in our lifetime, we have never, we have never seen anything to beat what we've done. Look, we've been told by the government to close down and they close down businesses. It's never been done before. And they've done it because of COVID. And then they didn't want them to open back up. And now that they open back up, okay, we don't want nobody to go to work. Sister Pam, we just had the conversation. Nobody, I don't know how they're paying their house payments. But see, the thing of it is this. And see, all of this in, 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 in just a few short years, all the wrong has become right. And all of the right, even the preaching of God's word has become wrong. And they're not done yet. They're going to continue to push and push and push. So do you find joy in you? Look, I'm not asking you to be happy about yourself. I'm asking you, do you find joy in you? And I'm going to tell you something, church. If you don't find joy in yourself, there's a major, major, major heart problem. There's a major heart problem. And I'll go ahead and safely say this today. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Others ain't got a clue. But we have had a different worship experience since February. There's been a 
Nobody's going to the bathroom before church throwing up anymore. Nobody's going to the bathroom in there and is having severe uh, diarrhea and stuff like that. All that stuff like that is, has all been stopped. Well, I didn't know any of that was going on. Of course not. I did. And everybody kept saying, it's the pastor's fault. I kept praying to God, asking God, it's the day to day, it's the day to day, it's the day to day, it's the day to day. And the day that I didn't even ask him was the day. And I found out it was me. I was the problem because I kept asking, and the Lord weren't willing to give it until I yielded myself and just said, okay. And as soon as I did that. But see, the thing is, you're saying, well, now you're boasting. No, I'm saying that sometimes in life, if you're going to find inner joy, you got to turn everything over to God and let God just let him go and say, God, go. And I'm just going to go backwards. I'm just going to stay behind you. You just go and, I'll, and, and take the lead. If we don't get to that point, if we don't get to that point, you're going to stay at the same place. A friend of mine, I'll say this and I'm done. A friend of mine, is a logger back home. And he was telling me about another guy that I know. And I know this guy very, very well. And Brother Jeff, he, he, done, he did something that was totally stupid because it was cheap. One log truck, one trailer, Ain't nobody going to ever check me and didn't until the lady two months ago was texting and swerved over and hit the fuel tank mm. on the driver's side. He immediately got out and got him some patch, and he patched the fuel tank and everything like that. And all, you know, most of the log truck drivers have got everything that you know that'll fix and seal up diesel fuel leaks and aluminum tanks. So he asked him, after everything. He'd been there probably 30, 40 minutes and everything. Nobody got killed or anything like that. Anything. Yeah. But you know, the lady got a ticket, and he he said, "Well, can I go?" He says, "No, we got other issues." Just with you, just hold tight. And that's when the man with the, the, the highway patrol car turned it over to the man with the highway patrol SUV. That's when the DOT got there. Yeah. He walked up there and said, well, now. And he comes out with his little stick with a bottle on it, and he sticks it down the fuel tank and comes out, and he said, hmm, yep, just what the highway patrolman said. It's beet red. That's off-road diesel on on-road. He got his CDL seven years ago. They've took, this is where I'm going, they took his fine back seven years and he couldn't produce any fuel tickets. As it stands right now, with just fines, $480,000. See, here's where I'm going, church. Sometimes the path that's got the least resistance is not the best path to take. Because God wants us to get out there and He wants us to work for Him. He wants us to do for Him. He wants us. He wants us. He wants to. He wants us to do for Him the same way when He was taking His cross and He couldn't, and they had to get people to help Him carry His cross. 
any time during that walk of that Via Della Rosa, any time in there, Jesus could have said, you know what, I'm done. I don't need to do this. We would have had no way out. It was because of what Jesus did that we have hope for today. He, he didn't need us. He still don't need us. We need Jesus. We need him. I need him. The songwriter even had a, had a, had a deep compassion and a woe on him and everything when he wrote the song, I need thee every hour. We need him. And church, I'm telling you, this is what we need to focus on is on what God wants us to do, not what, not what, what I want to do. We got to focus on what God wants us to do. Got to take me, got to take me out of the equation. Uh Uh-uh, not me, not me, not me, not me. What he wants us to do. And I've said this before. We're going to try a lot of different things. We got to. Because I'm telling you this, I'm just going to go ahead and I'll pick on this side right here. There's a whole lot more marooned than there is people. If we go over here to this side over here, it's scary. Look at all the maroon over on this side, and where's the people? If we don't, we don't. They're going to be visiting the graveyard. I ain't going down without a fight. devil ain't going to giggle at this place. I'm going to make the devil even. I'm going to make the devil work. And I'm going to tell you something. I've seen the devil work. But James, but James says this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her. Notice that. It uses a female terminology. But let patience have her perfect work that ye, that means that you may be perfect and entire, wanting everything. No, it says not. He said, it don't say everything. It don't say a few things. He says, he tells us here that we'll be wanting, we'll be perfect, we'll be entire, which means we're completed, wanting nothing. Have you ever been at that point in your life when you can say, I'm satisfied, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. I mean, there's got to be an ink pen or something. No. I want nothing. I got it all with Jesus. Have you ever been to that point? And see, this is what I was holding back on. James is telling us that, hey, look, if you count it all joy, you're going to be perfected, you're going to be completed, and you're going to want for nothing. Wow. 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 No four-wheelers, no motorcycles, no boats, no planes, no trains, no automobiles, no anything like that. We want nothing. Nothing. Can't wait for that day. Can't wait for that day. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lead God and direct us now, Lord, as we get ready to go to the house. And Lord, uh, I know, Lord, uh, some had procedures yesterday, and Lord, uh, glad everything went well there. Lord, I, uh, Lord, I just ask you to lead God and direct there. Now, Lord, as we finish out this work week, I pray, Father God, that you would uh, just uh, help us, guide us, and direct us, Lord. And Lord, help us all to take this message and this list of questions, and Lord, and, and apply them to our hearts and apply them to our life. So, Lord, that we will be perfect, complete, as the Bible says, entire. And then, Lord, 
want him for nothing. Help us to get to that point where we're, where we're, where we're just that way. And, Lord, when we look, when we, and then when we start looking at things, Lord, we can say, oh, look at the joy of it. We can see the joy in everything. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the honor. Give you glory. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All hearts and minds clear. Signify by standing, please.